listening to a Called Collective podcast, where we seek to equip the next generation of ministry leaders. The Called Collective produces multiple podcasts, which you can find in the description below. To learn more about The Called Collective, visit our website at thecalledcollective.org or check us out on Instagram at The Called Collective. Greetings and welcome to Fresh Text. Fresh Text is a weekly podcast where we study a scripture passage drawn from the Revised Common Lectionary, often, but not always. Uh, This week, uh, we'll be doing something a little bit different uh, for the rest of Advent, following a series that uh, I'm working out with uh, Mike Connor, our guest today. So we hope that it'll be enjoyable and edifying for all, but especially equipping uh, for pastors or teachers who are preparing sermons or lessons in the upcoming weeks. I'm your host, John Drury. I'm professor of New Testament and spiritual formation at Indiana Wesleyan University in Marion, Indiana. And my guest this week, I already spoiled, is Mike Connor. Mike was on last week for regular listeners of the show, and he's going to be on for the next couple of weeks. We're working on a series uh, that he's uh, developing to be preached at his church this very Advent. So it's the second Sunday of Advent. We are going to be looking at Matthew 2, verses 1 through 12. Matthew 2. 1 through 12. Uh, Mike is a, a pastor in Idaho and uh, an old friend of mine, and I'm glad that he's on the show this week. Uh, if you're enjoying the show this week, make sure to press the uh, share button on your podcast player app so you can pass this along to others with a private message or on social media or whatnot. Word of mouth is the best way for the show to get around. Uh, the show's grown up to this point almost entirely by word of mouth. We haven't had any real major marketing or advertising or anything. So thank you so much for doing that and just continue to do that uh, this week. Uh, thanks for listening and enjoy this conversation with Mike. All right, let's get started. Uh, Matthew chapter two, one through 12. Would you be willing to read in whatever version you wish? I would. What version you rocking this week? Uh, this is the NRSV. Okie doke. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, asking, Where is the child who has been born king of the Jews? For we observed his star at its rising, and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened, and all Jerusalem with him. And calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for so it has been written by the prophet, And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the wise men and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word, so that I may also go and pay him homage. When they had heard the king, they set out, 
And there ahead of them went the star that they had seen at its rising, until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then opening their treasure chests, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Father, we give you thanks for your word, your word made flesh, Jesus Christ, and the stories that have been handed on in the written word of God surrounding his uh, enfleshment, the enfleshment of that word. And so as we ourselves gather around the incarnate word uh, alongside uh, the Magi, and as we consider them as well as Herod and these different ways of interacting with the coming of your son. Uh, we just ask that uh, Mike and I and all those listening in uh, would be guided by your spirit uh, to see what you wish us to see, to hear what you wish us to hear, and to hand on what you wish us to hand on. We ask this all in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. All right, so let's... Uh, the last time you were on the, the first episode, we kind of were zoomed out thinking about the series. I think it'd be good for us today just to start with the text in front of us and the way it connects to the series, let that emerge just organically over the course of our conversations. That sound good? Sounds great. So saying that, so what do you notice? What jumps out at you today? I am always struck by the stark contrast between Herod's fear and the Magi's joy. Mm. fear and joy just leap off the page to me. And they are words that get repeated in various ways throughout the, the Advent and Christmas scriptures. Yeah. Let's that they, zoom in on that. There is a, yeah. there's a, uh, there's a deep emotional response news of the Messiah. Yeah, that that joy stood out to me as well. Um, but I missed, I think I missed the fear this time. So let's start there. Verse three, right? Yeah. When yeah. King Herod heard this, interesting, it's not Phobos, which can have a positive or negative sense, you know. It's etarakthe. It's he was stirred up. Mm. Right. This this shows up in Johannine literature a number of times where Jesus is is stirred up. Right. Or he's moved. Right. It's also the verb in when it's active. And also in John, the when the angel comes and stirs the waters. So it has a literal meaning of stirring up some waters. But that's actually okay. helpful to have the image of what would happen interiorly. Right. It's like you think of like if you think of your your inner self as like this nice gentle river and then like something happens and a stick like shakes it all up and you can't see anything and it clouds everything right okay i mean that's that's me running with the image yeah a sure more, a little more than the greek word suggests but at least it, it's a helpful because isn't that kind of how how you feel like anger is kind of like this kind of the, the waters are all shaking you know and there's a clouding of 
Yeah. Of, of judgment or perception. Mm-hmm. So when King here had heard this, he was, he was all stirred up. Yeah. Right. Uh, and all of Jerusalem with him. Mm-hmm. Like, cause th- that implies all kinds of, I love it. It's almost even like when you excite, I know you mentioned emotion and I know that wasn't on accident given the theme of the, the series, uh, <laughs> and men's <laughs> comfort level with emotions. I saw, I saw where you're going there, buddy. This but, is, uh, I'm committing so many, I love it. I love it. Jesus moments. Well, if eisegesis means interest, right? You have interest when you enter into a text. So you're looking for some things more than others. Then we're all doing eisegesis and eisegesis is faithful reading of scripture. Um, If, if, if you're not willing to let the scripture then teach you something, then it's the bad, then it's the bad kind. Right. Yep. Yep. Um, So anyway, just thought I'd mention like, okay. Just a a word, a, a, a positive word for coming in with 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 questions, concerns, can, right? Can you tell I'm terrified that some of my old professors will listen to this? Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, trust me, man. 250 episodes, I've worked through all that, uh, but it was really hard the first like year. I was very, I was always very anxious about, uh, you know, sounding, you know, legit. Week in and week out, you know, you probably work, you probably aren't worrying about that anymore when you actually preach week in and week out, right? No. <laughs> of course, they wouldn't actually show up, but still. No, I don't worry about yeah. that. It's, it's something about doing something every week. You just stop doing it for people who aren't in the room, but just, yep. you just do what you're going to do. So anyway, all stirred up and that, but that beautifully then brings just kind of like all the possible emotions, right? You can almost, and then all of a sudden the Jerusalem with him makes more sense to me. All of Jerusalem's up in a stir. Everybody's talking about it. Everyone's thinking this. Some people are scared. Some people are excited. Some people, you know, all kinds of emotions can fit within that being stirred up. I think this moment is mirrored too in the triumphal entry in Matthew, Ah. where the whole city is, uh, uh, I forget what the exact word is. I'm looking. 2110 might be the same word. Don't you think this is? On air word study. Here it comes. Twenty one ten. Ooh, different word, but it is the Jerusalem. So when he entered into Jerusalem, all of the city, Esaste, was in turmoil. Was excited. Was. It's the same idea. It's a different word though. Um. Yeah, it was all it was all shook up. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Nice connection. I missed that. It's all, it's that same, yeah, that same pasa, all of the city. Ooh, that's cool, man. That's an interesting little, uh, you know, mm-hmm. foreshadowing or connection. Do you want to, do you want to linger there? Do you want to talk about joy or do you want to linger on this, this, this being stirred up and frightened a little longer? I think the stirred up, the way Herod responds to his being stirred, <laughs> you know, it leads him to uh, call a meeting, call, <laughs> call a meeting, uh, do research, do, like do some sort of secret, I don't know, secret meeting with the Magi, giving them a special purpose. <laughs> right. Um, Secretly called them. Yep. You're right. Yeah, oh, I missed that. And then you know, they actually go to find Jesus. Herod sort of wants to go vicariously. So I only want to linger with the fear stirred up to say, 
it leads him to a certain set of actions. All of which are attempts to control the situation. Yes. Right? Yep. So he he's calling other powerful people, right? He's getting information. He's conspiring in secret, mm-hmm. right? He's getting pumping them for information too. How often is this the case, right? When we're stirred up, we respond by trying to like control the situation, right? Either through knowing more. I mean, this happens all the time when I'm talking with my wife. She'll just say like, like early on, in our marriage, you know, people say communication's key, right? And they'll talk about like how important it is to ask questions, right? And, and listen, right? <laughs> and I'm really good at asking questions, but like, like early on, she had to be like, no, this feels like an interrogation, right? Because mm. <laughs> I'm like pumping her for information. Um, but that kind of interrogative mode that we can get into, because um, it looks all classy, you know, there's no explicit statement here until the end about the warning. Right. There's no explicit. If you were just coming into this cold, Harris is the king. He's a powerful, powerful man. Why? I mean, we don't know. Right. We Sid, don't know what we're supposed to think of him. Said he's stirred up and he's dealing with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So. So he's exercising authority here. Right. Funny, too, that he could have known his answer before the Magi came because <laughs> apparently they could figure it out. You know, where's the Messiah going to be born? Oh, yeah. Like the priests and scribes know. Yeah. Herod doesn't really need to know until there's, or doesn't want to know until there's a threat, like a live threat. Yes, yes, yes. Interesting in verse seven, secretly called for the wise men, secretly, man, how did I miss that? And learned from them the exact time when the star appeared, right? So he's, he wants to know something very specific. Mm-hmm. I've always assumed that I'm willing to be corrected on this. I've always assumed that this was uh, in order to know what age range for the massacre that's to come, the two years and old and under, but maybe there's a different rationale for that. But... Mm-hmm. And that seems to fit, but it could be, it could be otherwise. Well, you want to talk about their joy for a second? Yeah, 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 yeah. Lightened up a little bit. Sure, sure. So, yeah. And would you, would you use that verb stirred? You wouldn't use that. Like you wouldn't put all emotions as stirrings. Maybe you'd call joy a stirring. I don't know. This is certainly not an exegetical question, but it's an interesting one nonetheless, but. Joy like kind of more just kind of comes upon you, you know? I was going to say it's more over, yeah. over, overcoming, like... Yes, yes. kind of hits you. feels more a splashing over, to use the, Im- the, the, the water imagery. It's less of a still waters that have been stirred up, and it's more water being poured out. Right, right. right. That's how it feels, at least. I mean, I, I feel a very spiritual kinship with the Magi, the wise men. Oh, why is that? I just love that they were looking at the sky... like saw the star like it's clearly stirred something up in them like they were curious enough to want to get up and go Mm. and it's the bird watcher in you right (laughs) yeah and the researcher you know yeah 
I mean, they've already committed their attention and intention to finding it. And right. so joy is the, they have cleared, they have done the groundwork for an experience of joy. Yeah. And they may have been on this trip for, for two years, given the, the length of time that's revealed later, you know, the two years and under, they may have been on this trip for quite a while. Yeah. Um, so let, can we do a little more? Can we Greek geek again? Please. Uh, verse 10, uh, beholding. So interesting. So we, I'm just really kind of playing 10 and, and, and three off of each other. Yeah. So three starts with a participle, akousos, hearing. Okay. The King Herod, the King Herod, hearing, King Herod. Here, verse 10, it's seeing or beholding. I don't know. I don't want to make too much of that. Just sure. Participle, seeing, beholding the star. They, it's, it's, it's a great phrase. Um, Ekaresan. Charon, Megalane, <laughs> Sphodra. They rejoiced with joy, mega, a lot. <laughs> it's, it's really overkill. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's really cool. Really cool. So when they saw, beholding the star, right, as it stops over the place, and when they saw the star, yeah, I mean, let me look at some translations. They were overwhelmed with joy. Was the NRSV right? Yeah, overwhelmed with joy. Yeah, that's that's uh, that's got two out of the four words in it. Yeah, that's it. You know, I, I'd I'd like to try to get all four in my English if I could pull it off. Right? Um, they rejoiced with great exceeding joy, or something mm -hmm. like that. Because mm -hmm. um, it's got the verb for joy and the noun for joy, and then two. Adjectives. Uh-huh. It's pretty wild. <laughs> yeah. That is cool. Hmm. Yeah, I, I I haven't lingered there before. I almost always get to the proscune, which is clearly a theme in the passage, the, the paying homage or the bending the knee, uh, because it re it repeats, you know, even Herod says, Let me come so that I can pay him homage. And right. Yep. I think it's their question, right? Uh no, 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 they don't ask it, but no, yeah, we have come to pay him homage, right? So that mm -hmm. that bending of the knee is is definitely thematic, but that means my mind is always kind of raced to that moment of the yeah. knee bend, right? Uh, or the gifts, because that's famous, right? Um, but actually, lingering on verse ten is kind of special. I think it's new, that's new for me when exegeting this this chapter. So thanks for drawing our attention there. Yeah, yeah. So where would you go with this uh, uh, in a sermon? The Magi versus Herod, uh, this kind of manhood theme that's in the in the series, playing verse three and ten off each other. What, what's cooking in your mind? What where where's the direction that's starting to emerge? I think, as we've talked, thinking about both Herod and the Magi as men who experience a like they have an emotional depth and the news or the appearance of the star does stir them up in different ways. And then how they choose to respond to that stirring. Uh, to me, it kind of maps like two poles. 
maybe two extremes like uh, a response that tries to control uh. the situation and a response that wants to go be absorbed in it. I've used this. This is a passage I use in my new members classes. Okay. At my church. Um, because I think, I think a lot of times individual congregations or denominational bodies, gosh, or academic institutions hmm. can, can try to intercept like the genuine wide-eyed seeking of people, right? And then put it to their own use. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Draw it into their own purposes. And the uh, preacher is speaking directly to me. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Yeah. Whereas when I talk to people about church membership, to me, it's like if you are joyful because you feel like the presence of God is like resting here for you right now then like come in and offer what you can offer. But like, I know that like in the world we live in today where communities are fluid. Yeah. Like you might not always be here and that's okay. Anyway. Yeah. We'll receive your gifts while you're here. No, I like it. That's cool. Um, when I think about preaching a sermon, I really just want to tell the story, bring the story to life for the congregation in a way that really emphasizes her the difference between Herod's response and the yeah the Magi's response because I, I think things like wonder, curiosity, getting up to go and be changed, feeling joy, bending your knee to give yeah <laughs> like those are things that I think a a lot of guys myself included have trouble giving ourselves the permission to do mm -hmm. or have trouble imagining how we would do it. Cause it, cause it actually feels not only safe, but, uh, there's a fleeting, but nevertheless real high that you get off the power of sitting back and sending other people to do things. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, like his, I mean, they so much embody that openness and wonder to something new as they travel there and then travel forward, let the joy overtake them. Whereas you have Herod. I mean, I fall into this all the time. I mean, even just literally asking my, your, your kids aren't old enough for this yet, but asking my, my sons to go get something for me <laughs> so that I can sit in my chair. And it feels awesome. Like, it feels really cool. Like. Hey, will you go, you know, you know, go get me a Diet Coke out of the fridge or, oh, mm -hmm. I forgot my, my book upstairs. Will you go up and get it? And they love, they like, they, they think it's cool that I trust them with something and, and it feels great to be served, you know, by my sons. Right. And all of that's keeping them though at bay from me. You know what I mean, I'm not saying that behavior is reprehensible. There's nothing, it's not intrinsically wrong to ask my kid to go get something because my back hurts and I don't want to get up, but that's fine. It's, it's not the action in itself, right? It's the pattern. It's the pattern, right? And specifically what I'm getting out of that 
is not just the convenience. It really is this kind of exercising power over others mm. and the high that you get off of that, that a lot of us will deny is important to us, but actually is quite important to us. And all the more so if we're men who've exited uh, certain kind of more obvious forms of masculinism, right? We're sometimes not even as on guard to that because it's like, oh, I've exercised, I've exercised the demon of right, patriarchy because right, right. I'm not like those guys. Right, right. <laughs> but yeah, no, I am. I love commanding others to go do things for me. It feels great. Mm. Mm. Uh, I love making people come to me, right? You know? And the thing is, the Magi come to him. Yep. Because they believe he will know and will help mm -hmm. them. Mm hmm Like, they recognize his authority. And then he responds in a way, he just uses it to shore up his own Correct. sense of control. Yeah, authority to build up his own kingdom. And I mean, this is Herod, this is Herod the Great, and he was great in worldly terms. Mm -hmm. You know, he built a lot of stuff, rebuilt that. Uh, I mean, the temple was already built. It wasn't a third temple, but, but, but it was greatly enhanced. And there are still structures that he built that still exist to this day that you can go yeah. see in Israel. I mean, mo a lot of the greatest structures worth, you know, seeing in the Holy yep. Land were made by Herod the Great. Yeah. Uh, because he was great at what kings do, which is exercise their power to consolidate power. Yes. <laughs> power yes. has an end in itself, right? <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, and I just had another thought. Yeah, pitch it. I love that the the sort of dream motif in Matthew's nativity stories appears here again. Mm -hmm. uh, I love that the Magi are receptive to the message of dreams. Yeah, I think there's a receptivity theme here that picks up on something from last week's text. Yeah, rec receiving. Um, right, right. That theme of receiving versus achieving. Receiving fullness. Yeah, and Herod's your classic achiever, right? Yep. Which yep. builds in a pattern of control, right? Yep. Versus this, because there is something, even you said it about, that's why we say it's stirred up. It's like, oh, I'm used to being in control. Now I don't know what's going on. I need to get information. I need to talk to the right people. I need to manipulate the right people. I need to get people to, you know, execute my will and my plan. And the Magi are in this receptive mode and, and it's a great, and it's nice, especially for men who hear receptivity and they're like, ah, I want to take initiative. I want to, well, they're taking initiative. Totally. Right. Yeah. <laughs> actually, Herod is the one who's, re who's reacting. They're yes. the ones who are initiating. So that, that element of su supposed manhood doesn't have to be rebuked. Yep. It's, it's an initiative to receive. Right. Yes. Yes. That's a fun paradox That's, to play oh, with. I, yeah. I really like that. Yeah. I really like that. So they're taking initiative, but then they're receptive to joy, to, um, to the dream. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, oh gosh, that's great. And the and fact even that receptive to Herod's authority, <laughs> even receptive to the information that he offers to them. Yes. The, mm. the insight and revelation. They don't even actually have to topple him. They can just go home a different way. Right. And I think that's something very important for us who want to try to topple, mm. but, but, but the, the attempts to, 
men dismantling the patriarchy is just one more game of alpha dog stuff, Mm. right? Like, it's just, I'm, you know, I'm woker than you or whatever, right? And it's just an attempt to be the best again, even though it's a little subtler and you might not catch it, right? Um, No, they just go home a different way. And I just love that, that thought of what it means to be, (laughs) what it means to be free is to just go home a different way. Yeah. And I feel like reflection on this passage would be incomplete if we didn't say that Herod's response to losing control is is explicit violence. Yes, yes, yes. That's that's the trajectory it's on. Yeah. Yeah. But it doesn't start there, right? That's where it comes from. Yep. 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 That's good. I'm going to use that phrase, go home another way. That's going to be a new trope for me when thinking about someone who's driving me nuts. Yeah. And they're driving me nuts because they're exercising power over me. Yeah. And I can criticize them for their pride, but it's my pride that bothers me that they're exercising power over me. Yeah. Maybe I can just go home another way. <laughs> totally. Uh, I mean, I will be, I'll be praying this passage all the way into my board of ordained ministry. Interviews. Yep. Yep. Yeah. We did a, uh, we did a service on Epiphany last year with the local Episcopalian and Lutheran congregations. Okay. And the title of the service was Home by Another Road. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's fun. So it's That's a great fun. it's a great phrase. Um, well, cool. Hey, this was great, man. I love exegeting scripture with you and and brainstorming about preaching. It's great. Uh, Let's wrap it up there. Uh, Thanks so much, Mike, for the time you're giving. Uh, Thanks to all our listeners, as always. Thanks to the production team at Called Collective. Make sure to uh, subscribe uh, to all the Called Collective shows on whatever app you use for to get your podcast. Thanks to Todd, Eric, and Tom for helping me start this show all those years ago. And with that said, we say have a good preach and a great week. Bye bye.